Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. The Suns come away with a 115-105 win over the Los Angeles Lakers. And they stay there! Oh yeah, they stay and there. They stay there. Facing audience. They gotta stay there because there's a lot to be a little glum about this morning. Yet having said that right now, the Suns actually won. Pat Bev <laughs> walks away and he gets called for a foul. Wow, now, Patrick Beverly is not a very smart no. player. All I do, all I, all I so we're going to go ahead and persevere, are we not, Luke? We're going to stick our hands into the air when the cue comes, of course. Don't do it now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Man, all I know is I felt okay. like a good game. You know, it's about time we got some camaraderie going on where some trash talking, some extra talking, some extra terminology going on on the court. You know, make the game more entertaining and help us play harder. And they stay there! Stay there for a while, but look Don't how you doing see today. Sarah dancing. Am I the only one who gets him see Sarah dancing? Well, Sarah knows it. You won't look away when she does it. <laughs> Sarah knows it. I think that's how <laughs> <laughs> Push the people in the back, man. Push them in the chest. That's all I got to say. All right. All right. When is a Wednesday or Friday, Basinonians? When is a Wednesday or Friday? It happens every year, this only once it. a year. So go ahead and do it. For whatever reason, there's always a bit of whatever when we play them and they stay there oh, yeah. and they stay okay. there and they yes stay there. i'm going i'm gonna do it okay i was a little late on that Luke, but <laughs> i always am here we go heat in the kitchen on the stove water getting boiled who edited that? Was that you, Maloney? That was well done right there. I haven't heard that before. Go ahead. Oh, no, it was fun, man. It was fun. We got some extra juices and getting the crowd okay. in it. And, you know, just saying, we, we, we in this thing. We, play, we still playing Sons basketball. And they stay there. Okay. And they stay there. Do it, Sarah. <laughs> There should be a rule in this building that anytime we play music, Sarah has to be here. You Sarah. Got, Sarah, what was that move? Like two dance moves ago where it, I don't even know what just happened. I it was like there was out. two of know. you. I just blacked out. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't it be so cool, too, if in fact your last name was Connor? Sakana. <laughs> How cool would that be? If your last name was in here already. Sakana. Um, you know. So good. That's, wow, that was uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad you, you stuck around right, for this show? Oh, you get it. Yeah, so I did. Sharakana. Sharakana. Okay, uh, good. All right. Um, you know, I'm over it You now. know who's driving around right now listening to all this celebration unhappily? <laughs> Zach Wilson. Because as we're dancing, I just see the news that he's getting benched for not being good at football. Boy. Um yeah, look, you said it in there, Wolf. There's a lot of uh, just garbage out there in Valley Sports right now. But what isn't garbage is the Phoenix Suns 
last night beating the Lakers the eighth straight time, the 11th straight if you want to count preseason games, which you typically don't, but when it's the Lakers, I think you can. And Patrick Beverly right in the middle of it, Devin Booker, you heard the clip. I'll play it again right here on TNT after the game. Man, it's just more than it was supposed to be. Um... Pat needs to stop pushing people in the back, man. Push them in the chest. That's all I got to say. That sums it up right there. It took Devin Booker about six seconds to sum it up. Yeah, you know what, dude? It was uh, an unfortunate event, was it not, for the Lakers, of course, and Patrick Beverly, the 355 mark of the fourth quarter, as a matter of fact, where the Suns pretty much, for the most part, had the game in hand. Um, and then all of a sudden, you had a situation where DeAndre Ayton was standing over Austin Reeves, who had just been fouled, and I would say flagrantly, by Devin Bucker. Um, and I think Book would even admit that, that yeah. he hit him in the face That's and right. there was a bit of a foul through. So, you know what? It happens from time to time. You're out there and you're competing really, really hard. And Reeves was competing hard and being very physical as well with Devin Booker. So, yeah, you know what? I understand how that happens in between the lines. And yet at the same time, you can never allow things to happen like what Pat Pev did to DeAndre. Well, it's the second time in what? not even two full calendar years that he has shoved a Phoenix Suns player in the back when they weren't looking and they showed they you know for anybody that doesn't live in Phoenix that didn't remember the Chris Paul play from the playoffs a couple of years ago when Pat Bev was on the uh, the Clippers they showed that on the TNT broadcast last night and that one was much worse that was oh, that was that wasn't a shove no that was like a just a full charge no, right that was the getting back. trucked um the one last night was kind of <laughs> i mean it was a cheap move it was extra cheap because he had Reeves to, to push him over. You know what I mean? So, like, D.A. gets shoved, but there's also nowhere for him to go. He can't just step out and catch his balance. Yeah. Even if he could have. I don't know if he could have because he didn't see it coming. But he's tripping over a player, too. Yeah, but once again, um, the word shoved, I, he was not shoved. He was trucked. He was literally hit with force by Pat Beth. But the Chris Paul shoved. one was worse, don't you think? The Chris Paul one two years ago? Where he just ran full speed into Chris Paul's back during a timeout. No, I, I don't. I thought this one was. Oh, wow. He hit him. He hit him like he clipped him like he was on a football field. Yeah. He ran right into him and knocked him down to the ground. Uh, There's the some show, similarities, let's put it that way. No, no. I, hey, listen. <laughs> no, what he did was bad uh, to Chris Paul, no doubt. But he ran at DA, hit him in the back, knocked him to the ground. Um, you know, for me, it wasn't a shove to say that was a shove was basically to say what I was doing on the football field back when I was busting up wedges was a block. You were, you were blocking wedges? Was, exactly. Shoving no, wedges? You, you were running into a wedge like a madman and hitting screaming men that were 330 pounds right in their face. How'd that taste? Suns also won the game, 115 to 105. And there was a moment after the Patrick Beverly circus where Anthony Davis played out his mind. The Lakers almost came back and tied the game up. So this was big for the Suns to not lose their cool after that incident. Here's Devin Booker. I mean, you try your best. I mean, NBA game, you don't expect that to go down because there's so many more opportunities that we see each other other than out there on the court. Um, but it's an emotional game, and I would say things like that happen, but not very often, um, especially a push in the back. That's what I spoke on in my um, post-game interview on the court is 
Like, I'd have a lot more respect if he just pushed him in the chest when the man's facing him. Um, but it is what it is. So they play him three more times this season. Um, it's not inconceivable if the Suns are like the one or the two that the Lakers might be the seven or the eight in the play. They're going to they're gonna play him some more times. And Patrick Beverly's going to be on the Lakers all of those times. So that was chapter one of who knows how many, Wolf. Yeah, you know, honestly, there's so many things about this. I, I, it just it gets me a little giddy because it was so fun to actually compete like that on the field when you step in between those white lines that I've talked about it many, many times, Basin audience over the years. But you stepped in between those white lines and you could act like a savage, and it was okay. It was part of the rule. As a matter of fact, it was it was what you were doing out there. You could just waylay an individual, and then, of course, it was legal. And yet, at the same time time you walked outside of those white lines and you love people and respect people and treat them better than yourself and just be able to walk in between the lines like Devin Booker is alluding to and engage in in competition when competition is an act of aggression never forget that you're saying I'm better than you are and I'm going to show it right here I'm going to prove it in front of everybody and because of that stuff like last night happens when you do that, especially in the NBA, which is a physical game, it is a physical game. And now all of a sudden, um, you've got Pat Bev taking a run at DeAndre Ayton and knocking him to the ground. Um, that's a great reminder to everybody as to how the game can be played. Pat Bev is a guy that plays the game with an edge. There's uh, there's a lot of good DA sound we'll get to. But it's a dirty edge. Yeah, he definitely goes over the edge. Uh, here's DeAndre Ayton after the game real quick, reacting to getting pushed in the back instead of the chest, like Booker said. I mean, that's the second time he uh, pushed somebody with their back turned. But hey, it is what it is, man. Like, you know, I don't worry about it. It ain't hurt me. I ain't taking nothing in my pocket. And I ain't react. You know what I'm saying? So I'm making sure I stay solid, man. I ain't react. They ain't get me. They ain't get me out the game. I'm saying. So I'm going to lift my leg up and go crazy. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, man, this is a fun game. I, I do feel, though, like the Suns <laughs> have taken note this time. It's, and maybe even more so when you hear Devin Booker talk that, okay, it's been noted. You've now done this twice, Pat. Not like the first one could yeah. have ever been misconstrued as an accident uh, uh, to Chris Paul in the playoffs two years ago anyway. Yeah. But now you've done it twice. Now, they don't have a Jay Crowder. <laughs> I found myself thinking, hey, if they had Jay Crowder right now, he'd be getting ejected. But they play the Lakers three more times. And there's already the extra juice of it just being the Lakers. Now you add Pat Bev to the mix. Yeah, can we start with that cut right there the next time we talk uh, about this? I've got this? four can we do that? cuts like that, that. No, that one right there. That's fine. That was really, They're really all good. similar-ish. Yeah, we'll start there next time. All right, when we come back... More details emerging on why Sean Coogler was fired right after the show yesterday. We're going to react to it all next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. We got to have our fun segment to start the show. We'll get back into the fun a little bit. But uh, this story broke right after we got off the air yesterday. This is actually the second week in a row a story. And I don't want to compare the two stories because we don't know the Eno story. It's not like this. Uh, We don't know anything about the Eno story. But this one, Sean Kugler gets let go yesterday afternoon, Wolf. And now the story is out there. Uh, Josh Weinfuss on ESPN. It says, according to sources that uh, that told ESPN, 
Um, Sean Kluger, Kugler fired after he allegedly groped a woman in Mexico City over the weekend. Mexican authorities were notified of the incident, which happened Sunday night. So this is not like after the Cardinals game. This is a day before the Cardinals game. The Cardinals were informed by the authorities. They terminated Kugler, sent him back to uh, to Arizona Monday morning. He was not coaching in the game. They moved on instantly. So I'm not going to sit here and try and connect the dots as to what happened beyond what's in this report. But for them to move on instantly on a game day, they must have heard enough. Yeah. Uh, boy, this is this is difficult right here. Um, listen, uh, Sean Kugler is counted as a friend of the Wolfley family. I... My my brother Craig knows him and has known him for many many years. Uh, I've known him for the three plus years that he's been here, of course. And having said that, this can't happen. I think we all know that stuff happens in life, but this can't happen, and it's unacceptable to Michael Bidwell, and it's unacceptable to the league, and that's why they basically did something that I've never seen before. They fired a coach on the day of the game and sent him home before the game. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. Um, so the way this played out, and, 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 you know, obviously we're doing the show when Cliff has his initial media availability to everybody at, uh, at 1.30 on the day after a game, and he got asked... You know, hey, do you guys make any coaching staff changes? Have you had to make any coaching staff changes at this point? No. And I believe that is Josh Weinfuss asking the question right there. And that's obviously the story I was just reading on ESPN is from Josh Weinfuss. Now, we don't get to hear that, obviously, because we're doing the show. And then two minutes later, Cliff's on with us. And then 15 minutes after that, the story breaks. So it's... It's weird in a lot of different ways, and it's yet another chapter on on something that has gone wrong this season off the field. And I just all the way back to training camp, Wolf. I remember before anything had happened. You you've you've said this in the past. You said it, uh, it right at the start of training camp when nothing was going on. Of you know the, the most successful teams don't have distractions. No. Bill Belichick doesn't allow distractions, and this is a story that's obviously bigger than football. So there's blurred lines here. But if you're just looking at this from the football perspective of things, because this is a sports show, man, they've had a lot of off-the-field incidents this year. Oh, my goodness. It's been one right after another, all the way back to Hollywood Brown. Uh, right? I mean, back, you know, yeah. and again, I don't want to make that sound like I, I told you what I did in yeah, my brother's trans am. It's trans-am. not the same, I, but it is I'm something. speeding yeah. at a ridiculous speed when I was young. Um, having said that, it has been a distraction, one right after another for the most part. And, you know, I do. I think of Bill Belichick. I, I, it's amazing. Every time um, he would get up in front of the team almost on a weekly basis, he would say distractions. Whatever distractions you might be creating in your own life, eliminate them. Eliminate them and focus on our opponent. Focus on the job you have to do. He he was adamant about it over and over and over again. It's one of the biggest takeaways that I had from Bill Belichick as my coach for a couple of seasons in Cleveland was his his disdain for distractions, which made Spygate all that much more incredible to me but yeah. this is um I, I think of players luke i think of players and i think of game day suddenly where's coach where what 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 on game day on game day yeah where's coach 
Um, Not just game day. I know it feels like 100 years ago now, but game day on a game that was basically a playoff game for you. Yes. And you're out of country, and it's Mexico City, and it's the 49ers, and you're facing... Um, what I think is the best front seven in the league, possibly, and certainly in the NFC, maybe. Um, you know, you're facing a great pass rush with a great rush defense, and you're the offensive line. And your coach just got fired and sent home. The the distraction. Now, you know, even as I say that, base underneath, can I just tell you right now, um, suck it up. Suck it up. Uh, I, you have to do, life happens. And yes, it's a distraction. And yes, I know, I know that these are human beings that are out there playing and they've got a relationship with their coach, especially kooks. And I'm speaking to myself as I say this and vet this live on the air. Yet, I would have said it to myself, suck it up. Get, walk through it. Okay, it's bad. And it and it's a distraction. And it really messes you up. But you know what? Suck it up and walk through it. And Well, I think you hit it right there on the human level. If you if you step back from game day specifically and you just go now big picture this season, and I'm not gonna sit here based on a report and judge somebody as a person. I mean, it'd be horribly irresponsible. I don't know all the facts, but um, I have to think if you play for Sean Coogler, you just play on the team and you know Sean Coogler, and that's just yet another thing. I mean, they already had a guy get fired earlier this season. They already had... You, you had the Hollywood Brown stuff in, in training camp. I don't, I don't want to mention all these things in the same sentence because they're all different. So I don't want to put them all on the same level or make them lump them all together except in the sense of... Man, you, you you have adversity over the course of a football season of like, hey, we, we lost a game we should have won, Seattle. Or, you know, you had injuries or whatever. But these are like off-the-field, real-life problems. Yes. And that's going to take a toll on any person over the course of the season. This team isn't even fun to cover right now. I can't imagine what it's like to play for them right now. And it's not everybody. And all of a sudden, oh, you're on the Cardinals. You must be bad, too. No, that's not the way it works. There's how many people involved? And the Cardinals moved on quickly from this. Again, they moved on on a game day that was basically a playoff game for them. But it has just been it has been one thing after another this season. It really has. No, it has. And, you know, once again, um, I, I think of Cliff and everything that Cliff Kingsbury has had to um, oversee, everything that he's had to walk through himself, everything that he's had to deal with this season right now. And I know, Cardinal fans, I know that you're angry with Cliff, and I know there are many of you out there that want to see Cliff Kingsbury fired. Don't count me in that group because I'm not one of them. I think he's been dealing with an awful lot and will continue to deal with an awful lot of personality inside that locker room and personality on his own coaching staff. And these are very, very difficult situations and difficult times right now for the four Four and seven, four and seven, uh, Arizona Cardinals, and I was, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the shock that this team had to feel, the shock that the coaching staff had to feel, and Cliff Kingsbury had to feel. What a shock this had to be, and 
um, the disruption had to be real in that game, especially, too. You're talking about a guy that was the run game coordinator, and now he's not there. Um, A guy that was the offensive line coach, of course, and he's not there. Um, it's just it's it has been a nightmare season for them. Four and seven isn't always a nightmare season, right? Like there are teams around the league right now, and you're like, hey, good for them. They're four and seven. For the Cardinals to be four and seven with the expectations they had, it's frustrating. But that wouldn't make it a nightmare season. It's just you said it right there. Like people people will look at Cliff and they'll say it's your fault that this team isn't disciplined, and that's why you're getting a false start. If you want to say that, that's fine. They used to get a lot of false starts. Then Colt McCoy came in, they didn't get them. So, I mean, you can do some math here, but it's not his fault stuff's happening off the field. Unless Cliff is getting in trouble off the field, which he isn't, So glad. that's not his fault. So glad you brought that up because, honestly, I, I distracted myself, and that's exactly what I wanted to say. Um, to each man, to each woman that is out there, that is a grown man and a grown woman, you are accountable for yourself. You. Nobody else. Personal responsibility for yourself and the decisions you make. Right? It's not about somebody else and somebody else's fault. It's your fault. Nobody else's. Your fault. The choices you make, the decisions you make in your life, the things you say and the things you do. It's your fault. Nobody else. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we'll go big picture around the NFL. Who are the best teams as we head into Week 12? The Power Poll is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power 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 Poll. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it's time for the Power Pool heading into week 12 of the NFL season. Wolf, you love the Power Pool so much, you almost did it twice during the break. <laughs> you know what is amazing about it? I forgot that I did it. <laughs> Sleep deprivation is no way to go through life, my brothers. Well, I'm doing it a little bit different this week. I'm not getting caught up in anybody's record or any of that stuff. Like, I, I mean, we know their records at this point, but I'm not looking, oh, is this team one or two games ahead of this team? You know what I did this week, Wolf? I yeah. just ranked... The top five teams in the NFL. Okay. Like what I think is going to happen going forward. Okay, All right? great. So, and, you know, record's part of it, but I'm done doing this. Well, you know, Minnesota has a slightly better record than uh, than Buffalo. I love Minnesota that. has a negative point differential so, this season. I just want to get this right, Luke. You're saying that record didn't have any impact no, on your power some, some impact. Is that what you're saying? But it wasn't the only driving force. So the force. one loss record, okay, had little to do. Okay, next, well, flip yeah, the coin. You'll see Philadelphia on here. There's no coin flip. Okay, oh, there here is we no, go. No, we're, we don't do that? The that's for Fulcrum Football, oh, football okay, which is girl, next oh, hour. Yeah, that's right. All right, here we go. Number five. Number five. All right, number five, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Six and four, but... 
it's starting to do what I really I think most of us think they're they're going to do is peak at the right time. There's this is not just a team that is maybe figuring it out. They added Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the season, so there's a reason things are starting to turn. They don't have the quarterback they had at the start of the year, and with all due respect to Trey Lance, he hasn't proven anything in the NFL, so they're probably better off with Jimmy G right now. I'll go Niners number five. Yeah, you know that was a consideration. Uh, Vikings, of course, were considered. The Titans, the Dolphins, um, and the 49ers were considered, but they didn't make it. Oh, I know who you're going to say then. The number, who, who am I going to say? Are you going to talk about Lamar Jackson? That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, you know what? The number five team in the power poll, beware, be very, very afraid. The Ravens are alive. Alive? Alive, I tell you. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I went into, uh, don't worry about it. Um, the Ravens, 7-3, <laughs> and three, and Lamar Jackson and the physicality once again. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. Alive, I tell you. Okay. Um, young Frankenstein, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. The Ravens at 7-3 and three right now look like the Baltimore Ravens. The physical Baltimore Ravens. Seven and three, they're number five in the power bowl. I will just say this too, because it doesn't sound like you have Minnesota on your list. Maybe you do, but you mentioned them I there. Don't. When I was talking about record not being the deciding factor, I was talking about Minnesota. I've all season long thought, okay, you've won seven one score games in a row. Are you good in the clutch or lucky or both? And they got beaten so badly by Dallas that Minnesota literally has a negative point differential, even though they are eight and two this season. All right, uh, we spent a long time on number five. Number four. four. Number four, I have Dallas. That defense is, uh, is is legit. That hasn't changed. And the offense is heating up now with Dak, and they did just handle Minnesota. So I have the Cowboys at number four. Okay, the Cowboys at number four. I do not have the Cowboys at number four. I have the 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills at number four right now. Man, they look so good early on in the season. They really did. They look like they did not have a chink in their armor, and yet they've lost three games now. And, yeah, the Buffalo Bills not nearly as dominant as they once appeared. And because of that, they have dropped to number four where suddenly Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and that defense flexing all over the league. They're number three. Well, this is oh, wait a minute. Foreshadowing did you, did number you three hit number three yet? Number three. Three. Not only did I not hit number three, I didn't even give you number three. Okay, you went with Dallas? I, I felt like I had to explain my number <laughs> three because of the number four. Okay. All right, so you have Dallas number three. Uh, I have Philadelphia number three. I get that they only have one loss. They almost just lost to the Colts on uh, on Sunday. Philadelphia is legit. I'm not questioning them the way I question Minnesota. I have them as my top NFC team. I still think it's more likely San Francisco or Dallas represents the NFC in the Super Bowl. But Philadelphia has earned the number three spot. On to number two. Number two. Number two, I have Buffalo, who you've already mentioned. <laughs> 
You have the Buffalo Bills all the way up at number two. You have loved my Buffalo Bills. They did lose to a team with Zach Wilson a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to look past that for a second. You, you have absolutely loved my Buffalo Bills from Orchard Park, New York, of course, and I love them as well. They're number four, though, not number two, of course. Number two would be the Kansas City Chiefs at eight and two. Wow, we don't have any of right the same now. The Kansas City Chiefs at eight and two. Just love it. The Eagles have earned the right. Oh, wait, that's number one. Hold on. I'll, I'll wait for the number this time. All right. So you have Kansas City at number two. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Why don't you finish your sentence before I give my number one? The Philadelphia Eagles at nine and one right now. There's not a better hallmark of a great football team than finding a way to win a game. And they had to find a way to win a game when they probably should have lost the game against the Indianapolis Colts. Yet somehow, some way, they found a way to win a game. Nine and one right now. Does it look a little shaky? Yeah, it does. No doubt about it. Especially when we're talking about them winning their first eight games and their one miraculous finish away from actually being eight and two using the same kind of offense the Arizona Cardinals use, much of it, of course, and the collapses we've seen from the Cardinals in the last two seasons. Yes, the question remains and hangs for the Philadelphia Eagles. Will they suffer the same fate? But they found a way to win a game. And because of that, they're number one at 9-1. and one. If they had lost that game to the Colts with Jeff Saturday, that absolutely was going to be a discussion this week of, okay, wait a minute, are they doing exactly what the Cardinals did last year with that offense? Uh, I have at number one, Wolf, the Kansas City Chiefs, because quite frankly, there's not anybody in the league that you could tell me, hey, this team's playing the Chiefs tomorrow in, in, in a playoff game that I'm going to pick over the Chiefs right now. If it was Philadelphia, Kansas City, again, all due respect, to Philadelphia, they do have the better record, although only by one game now. Uh, Kansas City would, would would handle them. Not handle, like, run them off the field, but right. here's the thing with Kansas City. If it's close late, Mahomes to Kelsey, it works 100% of the time. Yeah. So, until somebody actually takes Kansas City out of the playoffs, they're going to be number one on my list the rest of the way. They, except, they look unstoppable. Right, except they have two losses. They do. But and uh, once again, uh, for the record, um, Luke doesn't value wins and losses <laughs> for his powerful. But Philadelphia third. That's his, they almost lost to Jeff Saturday. They get third. Uh, all right, that was a power pull. When we come back, what stood out the most in the Suns' win over the Lakers last night besides just Pat Bev? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm just going to wait for the drop here for you, Wolf. I feel like you need this drop right here. Appreciate it, Luke. It's got me. Don't worry. All right, back to basketball. Let's have some fun here. The Suns over the Lakers. Eight straight wins over the Lakers. I'm just going to keep saying that. Eight straight wins over the Lakers. Eleven well, straight. Good, doesn't it, yeah, eight straight. And there's, there's some playoff games mixed in there, too. Uh, the Lakers, though, are playing better. <laughs> playing better without LeBron. Uh, I do think that's a coincidence. What's not a coincidence is Anthony Davis. No. When he plays the way he played last night and the way... Basically, when Anthony Davis plays... 
He's one of the best players in the NBA. But it struck me last night, Wolf, as Anthony Davis went off for, I, I lost count, at 36-21. and 21. Uh, He had at least 36 points and 21 rebounds. That's the second time in about a week that the Suns have beaten a team that got a ridiculous effort. 50 points from Steph the uh, last yeah, week. Right. Yeah, Davis finished with 37-21, 15-16 from the free throw line, and the Suns won anyway. Five blocks. And the Suns won anyway. Yeah, no, he was dominant. Often, no doubt about it. Anthony Davis, just dominant. And yet at the same time, when I say that, I will admit, Basin Onions, that there was a little bit of me that wonders about, is he not trying to exploit the fact that LeBron isn't out there? That he's not in the lineup. And look at me and the production that I have when he's not. 30. Uh, 37 21, two assists, five steals, five blocks, 15 of 16 from the free throw line. Have you seen what he's done yeah. the last four games? Oh, no, I know. He's been lighting it up. The la- I'm just saying right now, there is a big part of me that just wonders this is my chance. This is it right here just to show everybody that I still got it. I've always had the ability to do this. They won their, uh, what, the last three games going into the game last night. Yeah, I think there was a lot of that from AD. I can't, I can't even do the math here. Here's his last four games, and they won the first three, obviously. They lost to the Suns last night. Okay, here we yes. go. This is going back to Sunday. 37 and 18, 38 and 16, 30 and 18, 37 and 21. <laughs> That's just points, rebounds. That's, That's a, not steals, blocks, anything else. It's a historic run that AD is on right now. Historic in the association. And the Suns won anyway. And the Suns beat him. So here's my my stat. I was I I went through and counted this, and then I'm sure they probably flashed it on TV right after I did it. I don't know, but uh, if it feels like the Suns win when Mikel Bridges scores, it's because they do. They've won 14 <laughs> in a row when he's scored 20 or more in a game. 14 in a row. I don't know if there's a more definitive stat. Like when Mikel Bridges, I'm sure Suns fans feel this way. You're watching. Okay, oh, Mikel's got 23. Well, they're gonna win. <laughs> because when Mikel scores more than 20 points, they yeah. win the game. Almost yeah. exclusively, they win the game. Do you remember when I was saying I was angry with myself that I didn't think of Mikel Bridges? We had this little yes. thing. Who's going to replace Cam Johnson? Remember that, Luke? I you even got that. the weird voice. Who's going to replace Cam? <laughs> Step right up. Yes. Who's going to be that? Inv- you know, and I, I, I immediately said DeAndre Ayton. And... I I am angry. You're not with the myself only one who said that. That I said that though. Honestly, I, I am. just heard somebody on the TNT broadcast say that last night. It was Chuck. Yeah, it was. Chuck. It needs to be DA. Charles Barkley just said he's got to be their second option from a scoring perspective, and I think Chuck is right on that. Yet at the same time, I'm angry with myself. Mikael Bridges has got to be the guy that steps up for Cam Johnson. Okay, but if Mikael Bridges stepped up. And scored with Cam Johnson out. If he was the second best scorer on the Suns, then they'd be 82 and 0 because they win every time he scores 20 or more points. Yeah, I know, but I just wonder how much he truly is looking for his shot. How much is he truly looking for? Maybe last night I noticed, man, he pulled the trigger on a lot of shots and he did it quickly. They're telling it him to. Like that, and that's what I'm thinking. This is exactly what I'm thinking. They're, they're telling him, you've got carte blanche, bruh. Shoot that thing when you got it. You're a better scorer than, hey, listen, 
I think the confidence level right now is really, really high for Mikel Bridges. It always has been high because he's an excellent basketball player. But when you start getting people like Chris Paul, when you start getting people like Monty Williams and James Jones and Devin Booker saying, Mikel, you got to shoot that thing, man. We, we, we can count on you to be that scorer. Now, every night's not going to be 25. It's not going to be like that every night. Yet, at the same time, you've got to help us. You've got you've to pull that trigger, man, because you pulling the trigger and scoring points helps us win games. He was huge last night. Dwayne Washington was big, uh, you know, considering his role, oh, 15 man. points, 10 there in the D. Uh, Lee second had a half. couple of huge threes, too. Um, and then there was this. <laughs> I don't know why this is happening again. Did you see the free throw disparity last night? Just in terms of attempts. Yeah. 35 to 5. This is Devin Booker after the game. Uh, He was obviously asked about that. When you look at at the free throws again, (laughs) it's another game of... Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, I understand we shoot a lot of jump shots and mid-range shots, but was it 35 to 5? Something like that is, yeah, 35 to 5. I just, like I said last time, I can't say I haven't seen this before because it happened a few games ago. But, you know, to still get a win under those conditions is pretty impressive. Um, I mean, we got to stop fouling and, I guess, get to the free throw line a bit more. So I, I feel obligated to repeat what I said last week when this happened, Wolf. Most fan bases feel like the refs are out to get them if you lose a game. Oh, it's the way the refs wanted us to lose. Here's the storyline. And partially the NBA has done this to themselves over the last 20 years with some shadiness at times. But, yes, in general, uh, you know, any fan base, if they don't feel like they're getting the calls, they feel like it's intentional and it's a conspiracy against them. And I always laugh because it's just like you're going to be ripping your hair out. There's no conspiracy against your team. However, <laughs> thirty-five to five in free throws after what was it last week? Twenty-five to four yeah. in a game. What is going on? You're telling me over the course of two Suns games, they were so much more physical than the other team that the other team deserved to outshoot them at the free throw line, sixty to nine. Yeah. Um. Okay. You know what do you think is going on? What I th- do you think? I think Booker just hit on it a little bit when he said, I understand we take a lot of jump shots. Yes. I think NBA officiating has been so conditioned to be like, here is a star player going to the hoop. We will call a foul whether he gets hit or not. Oh, this guy's taking a jump shot. There's no way he could possibly get fouled. Yeah, except when it's Devin Booker. <laughs> okay, He doesn't get near the call. That's true. It seems to me, that, that once again, true. and I know that I'm biased, I admit that openly. Yet at the same time, it seems to me he doesn't get the calls that a lot of other superstars Since we're talking about Devin Booker in this context, was he not an MVP candidate last year? Yeah. Okay. Like, he was was up there getting votes, right? Uh, I think so. (laughs) Now you got me questioning it. Yes, I believe so. His MVP odds, this came up when Kellen was in here a couple weeks ago. His MVP (laughs) odds were 42 to 1, like two weeks ago. Now, would you say he's been pretty good this season, yeah, and he would, actually I, plays every game? I would say that, yeah. Those odds have gone to 56-1. to 1. <laughs> And in that time, the Suns have won some games, and he put up 49 in a game, and his odds got worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I thought people were realizing how good Devin Booker is. Once again, I just think the Suns' reputation is not one of being a physical team. That's what I believe. And I think referees buy into that. I think they totally officiate a game like that. They see it, and it's so much of it, so much of the time, it starts with your bigs. 
how physical are your bigs? Uh, I honestly um, think that the Suns have that reputation, that soft reputation. They're not guys that are going to go out there and hack you. Um, I think they've got that reputation. Now, again, D.A., I know, got into foul trouble last night. Just two ridiculous fouls. Two that he didn't actually have to. Uh, I, it just, if you're going to foul somebody, D., hack somebody, please. Um, anyways, well, I think a lot out. of that. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. he fouled out, but... I, I just don't think they have a physical reputation, and because of that, it hurts them. Well, see, that that is a... Offensively, at least. That's a bigger conversation, then, because they won last night by 10. So, really, you know, who cares, right? But but it is weird. That's well, such an extreme thing. Time. And that's that's why. That's why it's a bigger thing. You just said it right there. Because come playoff time, if that really is their reputation, and if officials are going into games already kind of with a preconceived notion of how they're going to call it, not not that they're like, oh, we're going to call more on, no. against the Suns because no. we hate them, but just, oh, the Suns aren't physical, so if it's close, we're always going to give the coin flip to the other team. That's something that really they should fix, but if they're not going to, then I guess the Suns are going to have to figure out a way to fix that reputation over the that next That was really games. on display when they played the Miami Heat the yeah. last time. That was really, the, that those last eight minutes of the fourth quarter, go back and look at it. Miami was getting, they were not getting whistled. They were not getting called for any of the physicality they brought. And that's when they clamped it down and you could see it. Oh, you know, this is the Miami Heat. This is how they play right here. So we're not going to call that a foul. That's worrisome, honestly. Because, yeah, that was the game last Monday where the free throws were 25 to 4. <laughs> so that's twice in about a week and a half where the free throw discrepancy has been absurd. All right, when we come back, how important is it for Kyler Murray to just get back on the field? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.